Welcome back to the Discipleship Quest, the podcast that dares to ask the question, what is your level of commitment to the Lord? I'm your host, Todd Nance, pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm inviting you to join us each week for a new episode exploring Christianity, discipleship, and godly living. That is our hope and desire to help you become a better Christian and have a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the Lord. The purpose of this podcast, uh, this is the second episode, and uh, just to remind you the purpose, it is to tackle or deal with some of the serious questions about living a godly life and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at what it means to be a Christian, and it's more, it's so much more than just going to church, being a good person, living a clean, morally acceptable life. Listen, those things are good, but none of those things can save you. To be a true Christian is to know Him, Jesus, as your Savior. If you haven't listened to the last episode of this podcast, uh, please stop right now. Go back and listen to episode number one, What Does It Mean to Be a Christian? I think that'll help you before we go any further. But if you have already listened to it, uh, then I invite you to stay here with us as we're going to get right into this topic this morning. Uh, So this topic, or today's topic, is what does it mean to be surrendered? For a true Christian, one who has believed in Jesus and wants to have a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Him, surrender is the next logical step. Surrender is defined as uh, to cease resistance and to submit to an authority. To cease resistance and to submit to an authority. For a Christian, this is manifested in many ways. I want you to consider just a few uh, possible ways that this is uh, manifested. First of all, uh, I believe after salvation, the very first step that needs to be is baptism. Now, listen, I want you to understand that baptism does not save you. Baptism does not make you more saved, and baptism does not complete your salvation. But it is a wonderful way to demonstrate to the world that you are serious about your commitment to following Jesus. It identifies you with His death burial and resurrection and publicly states that you are a new person living a new life in Christ. Baptism should be done as soon as possible after your salvation. A second step you might want to consider is reading the Bible. Now I know many unsaved people who have read the Bible. As a matter of fact, I know some unsaved people who have read the Bible and it puts some Christians to shame. But for them, they're just reading a book. But for the Christian, for the child of God, it's different. It's so much different. It's a, it's a living book. It's, it's the Word of God, and it is how He speaks to us. So I recommend, as you're listening to this, that maybe uh, you start out by reading the Gospel of John or reading the Book of Romans. Those are two books I highly recommend that somebody reads, Just uh, someone who's just starting out. Let me give you a third step here, and this is the next obvious one. It's prayer, spending time with God in prayer. Prayer to the child of God is an important is as excuse me is as important as breathing. If reading the Bible is how God speaks to us, then prayer is how we speak with Him. The best way to get to know someone is to communicate with them. I don't care if it's your your spouse, or if you're married, or if it's your uh, significant other, if it's a, a new uh, a new friend. The best way to get to know those people is by talking to them, communicating with them. Now, there's no special time limit uh, when it comes to prayer. But I think that a good rule of thumb is we ought to give God at least um, as much of a time as we would uh, some of our recreation, whether it be sports, whether it be video games, whatever it may be. We make time to do the things that we want to do, so we need to make sure that we're giving God some of our time. Um, 
maybe a next step here is is changing some some sinful habits for godly habits. In other words, changing out old sinful hab- behaviors for new godly behaviors. Now we're all sinners. That's true. Romans three uh, twenty three tells us, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God," and we all struggle with sin. Um, I understand that. But the best way to combat this is by making necessary changes in our behavior. Now listen, another way to combat this is by reading the Bible, which will keep you from sin, and by praying for strength to avoid it. But sometimes we've got to get practical about this, and we've just got to make some necessary changes, even some hard changes, okay? So the best way to practically uh, combat uh, these sinful habits is by making necessary changes in our behavior. For instance, if before you were saved, you had a problem um, using swear words or profanity, Um, Well, you need to change the way that you speak. You need to speak in a way that brings glory to God. Uh, Maybe um, your music choice, the style of music that you listen to, maybe that needs to change. You need to stop listening to worldly music and start listening to godly music. Uh, Maybe uh, what you watch on TV or the movies that you watch, maybe you need to change those. Now, don't worry. The Holy Spirit, and and how how do we know how to make these changes? You know, how do we know what is the necessary change you need to make? Well, the Holy Spirit... The moment you get saved dwells within you, and He serves uh, as your guide to show you and help you to see what needs to be changed, okay? Uh, One more I'm going to give you here, then we're going to uh, move on and bring this to a close because I'm trying to keep these podcasts as short as possible because I know that everybody is real busy right now, and my main goal is not to take 30 or 45 minutes. I'm not preaching here. I'm just trying to give you some good practical help. So the last thing I want to touch on is this, uh, serving. Another way to surrender to God is by serving. Now, I find that the happiest, most fulfilled Christians that I know are those who serve others. So your church, no doubt, has a variety of ways for you to serve. And if it doesn't, well, I invite you to come to our church. If you'll come to our church, we'll put you to work, okay? Because uh, churches need servants, need people to work in them. Let me just say this. God did not save you so that you could sit on a church pew. He saved you because he has something for you to do. I tell my church uh, this all the time. There are There is a job that God has for you that only you can do. You There is something out there that you can do that nobody else can do, and that's important. And knowing what that is, that is one of the greatest feelings in the world. Trust me. There are a ton of more steps I could have included here. But these five steps, I believe, will just get you started on some practical things, okay, some things that you can do. So let me ask you this morning, uh, are you fully surrendered? Listen to this verse from 1 Chronicles chapter 21. Let me give you the context before I read the verse. David uh, repented in this chapter. You see David repenting of his sin against God. He counted or numbered the people of Israel after God. He knew that it was wrong, but he did it anyway. He knew that it wouldn't please God, but he did it anyway. And so God sent a plague on Israel. Uh, for for David's sake, and David repented of that, and God said, okay, I will stop this plague if you will go to this specific place, to the threshing floor of Ornan, purchase it, and offer a sacrifice there. I will I will stop the plague. Whenever David approached Ornan and said to him what God had told him, this is what Ornan said in verse 23 of chapter 21 of First Chronicles. And Ornan said unto David, take it to thee, And let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. Those last four words. Let me read those again. I give it all. Let me ask you in closing this uh, this, uh, today, have you given God your all, your everything, 
Have you given God everything? Does he have everything that's yours? Does he have everything that you believe, everything that you do? Is, is God, are you fully surrendered to God? Let me ask you this. What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? What areas of are, are, are you holding on to, uh, to control of in your life? What areas are you struggling with in your life? Maybe, uh, maybe you recently got saved, but you're concerned about baptism. Uh, maybe you're struggling in the areas of Bible reading and prayer. Um, listen, the best way to get started is just is just to get started. I, again, Romans and John, spend time with God in prayer. Talk to Him like you're talking to a friend. Uh, talk to Him like He's sitting in the room with you and you're just trying to carry on a conversation with Him. Just talk to God. That's what prayer is. Or maybe uh, you're holding on to some sinful habit uh, that you just can't seem to get rid of. Talk to God. Let Tell God what you're struggling with and let Him help you with that, okay? Maybe you're struggling with service in the, in the church, whatever. Um, you know, you just can't you know, find where you fit in. Well, just keep searching and keep asking and, you know, maybe try out, maybe go to your pastor, your youth pastor and talk to them and, uh, and, you know, try out two or three different jobs or uh, different, two or three different things that you can do until you find where you fit in. Whatever it is, God wants and God deserves your all. You need to surrender to him and become a sold out child of God. That's what you need to do. Let me ask you this, and we're done. I'll ask you one more question. This is kind of my tagline here. What is your level of commitment to the Lord? In other words, where are you at in your service to the Lord? I hope that you're all in. I hope that you're all in. If not, then get in. Get all in. Surrender everything to God because He is worthy, and you'll benefit from it as well. Well, Folks, thank you for tuning in, and until next time, keep looking up. God bless you. Thanks. Good afternoon, Discipleship Quest. Uh, welcome back. This is the podcast that dares to ask the question, what is your level of commitment to the Lord? I'm your host, Todd Nance, pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, I would like to invite you each week to join us for a new episode exploring Christianity, discipleship, and godly living. That being said, let me apologize because it's been well over a week since I've been able to record and upload a podcast. I do apologize for that. I, I endeavor to make these podcasts weekly, but inevitably, as being a pastor and a uh, teacher at a Christian school, my life occasionally gets turned upside down. So I do apologize, and I do thank you so much for your patience, and I thank you for your understanding and um, how busy I am. Well, I'm excited about this. This is the third installment in the series on discipleship. Uh, last time we met, um, we looked at the importance of being completely, totally, honestly surrendered to God, giving Him everything, holding nothing back. And I have to ask, you know, why would someone who has been saved by the amazing grace of God, why would anyone that has been saved settle for anything less than total surrender? Let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself settling for less today? As you listen to this podcast, do you find yourself settling for less than giving God 100% of you? So many of us are struggling with an attitude of dissatisfaction. The world we live in constantly tells us we need more. We need more money. We need more things. We need new, better, different relationships. Um, all you have to do is look at Hollywood, look at the scandals, look at the divorce rate to see that nothing in the world can ever satisfy your deepest needs. What is the deepest need that each of us has? Well, for starters, it's a relationship with God made possible only by the death of His Son, Jesus Christ, and our faith in His sacrifice for our sin. 
But even that alone, listen to me very carefully, that alone is not enough to satisfy you if you're truly saved. That enough will that that will save you, that will get you into heaven, but that is not enough to truly satisfy you. In John chapter 3, Jesus meets a man named Nicodemus, and in that conversation, Jesus tells Nicodemus that he has a need. That need is to be born again. Now, as you can imagine, that news threw Nicodemus for a loop. He said, how can this, how is this possible? How can a man be born when he is old? Uh, can I enter a second time into my mother's womb? That's what he asked Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus was using the illustration of a childbirth, a child being born into the world to explain what happens the moment that someone realizes their sinfulness, the moment that someone puts their faith in Jesus for forgiveness of sin. But there is so much more to it than that. Jesus was talking about the spiritual birth. That's the new birth. But there's so much more to being a Christian and being a disciple than that. Salvation is the first step in the process of becoming a disciple. Uh, but discipleship is a choice that each Christian makes. And I, I want to make that clear as we go through these lessons of these podcasts. Last, uh, last week, we discussed the need to be baptized, the need to read the Bible, the need to pray, etc., and so on. You can go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already. I definitely encourage you to do that. But I want to prove to you that those needs are important. Excuse me. I want to prove to you that those needs are important to you finding satisfaction in this new life. Um, a newborn baby, a newborn baby uh, left on its own will not survive. Can I just say that? And so Jesus tells Nicodemus, "You must be born again." Um, a newborn baby will not survive on its own. They must be fed. They must be clothed. They must be clean. They must be cared for. None of those can they do on their own. They need help, okay? In the case of the new birth, God has given to us all we need to survive, to thrive, and to be satisfied. And I cannot tell you the times that I've spoken with people, say people, who are hurting, dealing with depression and anxiety. And when I ask them of their personal devotional life, their answer is almost always the same. What devotional life? I don't have a devotional life. And by devotional life, I mean they don't have a time when they that they have set aside each day to read the Bible, where they set aside to pray. They don't have a time of day. You know, maybe even in some cases, they don't even go to church on a regular basis. But they don't devote any of their time to serving God, to reading His Word, or spending time with Him in prayer. Now, my wife and I, we are going on our 16th year of marriage, and we've actually been a couple for over 22 years uh, at the recording of this. We were high school sweethearts. We met um, early in high school. We dated all the way through and got married a few years after uh, graduation from high school. Someone once asked me, what is the secret of your relationship? To which I reply, we love spending time together. My wife and I absolutely love our time together. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to uh, spend you know, any money. Uh, we just enjoy spending time with one another. Our world boasts, I, want you, and I, I don't use that term loosely, our, our world boasts of a 50% divorce rate, even among Christians. And I can't help but wonder if it has something to do with couples not really getting to know each other. Uh, my wife and I, we have a happy, healthy, successful relationship because we have spent time getting to know each other. And I know you're thinking, why are you all of a sudden talking about your marriage? I thought we were talking about satisfaction and having a close walk with God. Well, the same is true for you and your relationship with God. 
you cannot have a thriving, healthy, satisfying relationship with him if you do not spend time with him. Listen, you cannot, you will not find satisfaction anywhere else apart from God. A, a healthy relationship with God, I should say. So let me ask you, who are you listening uh, to this uh, let me ask you, rather, who are listening to this podcast, how would you describe your devotional life? Is it vibrant and thriving, or is it stagnant and empty? Do you even have a devotional life? Maybe maybe you don't know how to start. Maybe you don't know where to start. Well, let me give you some advice. If you do not currently have a devotional life, or if you're wanting to take your devotions to the next level, let me recommend you that you start with a short book in the New Testament. Uh, the book of First John. It's right after Second Peter. Um, first, uh, First John was written, of course, by the Apostle John. I'm not going to get into the background of it. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But this book is only five chapters long, and typically it'll take you around 20 to 25 minutes to read. And this is how I recommend you read it. I recommend that you say, "Okay, it's a new month." I'm going to devote myself this month to reading the book of 1 John. I'm going to read it every day for a month. So read the first book, the, the excuse me, read the book of John, uh, 1 John rather, every day for 30 days. You know, give God 20 to 25 minutes out of the 24 hours he's given you. I think you can do that. Would you agree that you can do that? All right, so read the book every single day, all five chapters from start to finish. Sit down and just read them at once. The first week of this uh, study, just do that. Just read it. Don't write anything down. Don't highlight anything. Don't underline anything. Just read the book. Uh, let the word, word of God just sink into your soul. Now, the second week, read it. But this time, do it with a highlighter or a pen. Mark the verses. Mark the words. Mark the phrases which stick out to you while you read it. You'll begin to see words and phrases repeated time and again. Mark those down because those are important, okay? And lastly, week, um, excuse me, week three... Week three, after this, I want you to write down what sticks out in your thoughts uh, or in, in, in your thoughts and what's being said. In other words, don't just highlight, don't just take a pen and underline things. Have a notebook, have a piece of notebook paper or a pad of paper, and then just start writing things down. You know, what is it, how is the Word of God speaking to you? It doesn't have to be profound. You're not trying to develop a sermon to preach or anything like that. It's just, how is it affecting your life? How should it affect your life? That's what you need to write down. And then on week number four, ask yourself the question as you read it, as you're marking stuff down, as you're highlighting. Ask yourself the question, how can or how am I applying this, what I've learned, what I've seen, how am I applying this to my life? In other words, how has it changed me? Now, at the end of the month, I promise you, your life will be different. You will see things about God from His Word that will change you forever. There's good news, too. This type of reading plan, it's not just for the book of 1 John. Oh, no, you can apply it to any book of the Bible. Now, keep in mind, some books obviously are longer and bigger than others, and they might take a while to read and reread everything. All right, so keep that in mind. That's the reason I recommend that you start off in the, with a, a shorter book in the New Testament. I recommend you start there, and you get to, you develop an appetite. Maybe go to First John. Maybe read Second and Third John. Maybe read Jude. Uh, maybe go read uh, First and Second uh, Timothy. First uh, and Second Peter. Read the book, of, and then move up to something a little bit bigger, like maybe the book of Hebrews. Read that, or maybe Ephesians or Philippians, Colossians. Uh, maybe read the book of uh, Romans. That's a great book. Uh, read one of the Gospels. You know, just devote yourself to studying the Word of God and seeing what He has for you. Listen, if you. Take this challenge seriously, then I believe God will honor your commitment, and and I believe that your life will not be the same. 
Uh, listen, I promised that I'm going to keep these podcasts short down to between 10 and 15 minutes, and I don't think we even hit the 10-minute mark on this one this week. So I just want to, again, uh, apologize for missing uh, uploading a uh, podcast last week. And I want to tell you all how much I appreciate uh, you for listening to this. I can't say that enough. It means the world to me that you guys are taking an interest in this. So here's what I want to challenge you to do with this. If this podcast has helped you, I want you to invite your friends. I want you to share this on your social media. I want you to tell others about the discipleship quest and about a fat preacher from Greensboro, North Carolina that would love the opportunity to minister in some way. If I can ever be a help to you, you can reach out to me through Anchor Podcast, and I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. In the meantime, friends, keep looking up. Take care. You'll have a great day.